This is Grown Up and Grounded, a podcast about growing up and being a grown up, about getting grounded and staying grounded. Join us, two women, a mother and a daughter, who talk about everything. Trish. Hey, it's Kate. And we are actually together today recording a special episode after watching the comedy special Nanette by Hannah Gadsby. Yes, I have a very good friend and a longtime listener of the podcast. Shout out to Charlie all the way in the UK. Hey, hey. Um, And Charlie recommended that we watch Nanette and discuss it on the podcast. So we finally got the chance to do that. Thanks for the suggestion, Charlie. Loved it. Yeah. And, uh, there's a lot to it. We have some thoughts. <laughs> there's so many thoughts. I've heard lots of talk about the special as it relates to comedy, which I don't know that we're necessarily going to discuss that, how she changes comedy. I think we're going to probably talk about a little bit more about what she has to say. Yes. Which, it definitely didn't feel like a comedy special, you know, kind of air quotes around that. It was definitely uh, very different, but like in such a good way. Yes, it definitely shifts gears. And that's a lot of what they were saying. Just as far as directing the tension and changing that dynamic, she's definitely changed comedy. One thing that I do feel like kind of on that topic that I was thinking about as we were watching it was, you know, a lot of people talk about like how in comedy, like everything needs to be able to be funny. You need to, you can't make rules about comedy because if you make a rule, then it's not really comedy anymore. You can't have something be off limits, blah, blah, blah. You know, most commonly you hear people with that defense when you say that people shouldn't make rape jokes, which of course I obviously agree that nobody should be making rape jokes. Uh, And that's usually the common defense is I need to be able to joke about anything. Everything has to be on the table or it's not really comedy. You can't put rules on comedy, blah, 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 all this crap. Uh, And I think that a comedy special like this shows that you can absolutely be funny without venturing into this realm where you can really hurt people. And I mean, like John Mulaney too, obviously, although they're not similar kind of veins, John Mulaney's had three Netflix specials where he hasn't made any of those types of jokes. Like you can be funny without them. You just have to be smart. I didn't even think about it because I had watched it once before and then we watched it together. How much it ties into what I was talking about, like the self-deprecating humor. Yeah. Because so much of that, like feel how you tell your story depend, determines how other people treat you and determines how we treat ourselves or how you view yourself. So it was kind of... Yeah. What, uh, what was it that she said? Like the, the part of the story you learn from is the part you focus on? Or, right. I don't remember exactly how yeah. she worded it, but I thought that that was... Uh, it, it reminded me a lot of, um, do you remember the book that you had me read called uh, The Art of Racing in the Rain? Yes. And how the the theme of that is your car goes where your eyes go. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's, like, the moral, like, or not the moral of that story, but that's repeated a lot throughout that story. And I use that a lot in my head. What you focus on is where you'll end up. And that was really similar here, except instead of looking forward, more about the past. You learn from what you focus on in the past. Right. Same thing as going forward. So... I just think that that's a really good uh, lesson. Yeah, she talks about that tension and that whole idea of how it suspends you mm-hmm. um, in the story, mm-hmm. you know, especially when she talks about her mom and that and how her mom had evolved, but she hadn't because she had stayed focused on the part where her mother had made her life difficult mm-hmm. instead of the other things. 
So, but that's the other part. She talks about self-deprecating humor, like how you're, you make others feel comfortable, right? Like you're kind of doing that, that it's not really humility, it's humiliation. Mm -hmm. And that allows you to speak or whatever. Yeah. Definitely. It's really just, there's so much of that about how we tell our stories and what that means for us. You, You determine your story and how it's told. And she even talks about how she doesn't want to be a victim or portrayed that way, but she wants to share her story so others can learn from it or know that they're not alone. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that's really... It was very heavy. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, time to watch something funny because it was intense. Yeah. There were some things you said you really wanted to talk about. What was that? Um, I mean, my, my biggest thing was... She talked a lot about the environment that she was raised in, right? In the small town. Um, almost, she described it as kind of Bible Belty, mm-hmm. right? Very conservative, I guess is a word you could use. Um, and what it what it's like to be raised and knowing you're gay in that kind of environment. And I... Although we were raised religious and there was always religion in my life, I still don't know what that's like, really. Like, I can't imagine it. Even as someone, like, who's bisexual and I've known I was bisexual for a long time, I can't imagine what it's like to get to that point of, like, internalizing that hate. And I think a lot of that has to do with because of the area that I was raised in. Like, even though we were religious, you know, I'm still in California, relatively in the Bay Area, super liberal comparatively and obviously aside from the religion I still had great accepting parents like you guys who never made me feel like right anybody was going to be less than or you know, basically your moral of the story was like don't take that it might feel like hatred there but or you might be learning some hatred there but don't let that really affect your life because that's not real shouldn't be real yeah, she definitely has that whole thing about just that whole self-hate and and where that comes from yeah um, that it comes from outside, but then it grows once it's inside. Mm-hmm. Um, and how by the time she came out, she was already homophobic, which is really an interesting thing to think about. As, and I think that happens a lot, too. A lot, even with bullying, a lot sometimes there are those situations where it is someone who's struggling to come out of the closet and they have, just have self-hatred because of yeah. the things that they're taught or whatever. So it, they become... Or that it's easier for them to bully others. Definitely. I mean, it's, and I, I remember seeing like this, one of these threads on the internet, like how, how, you know, there's uh, this group of people, I guess they're like a, they're, they're gay people, but they're conservative or they vote mm-hmm. conservative. And it's like a movement in some parts of the country. And people are like, I don't understand. How can you be gay and support these people that, you know, are actively tearing down your community? And I think, the response to that that I've seen a lot of places was like, well, obviously they're just more racist than they are gay because that matters more. But I think a lot of, while that might be true, I think for a lot of them, it is that self-hatred also. Like even though they realize they're gay and they've come out, they still have that feeling in them. So that they're less than. Yeah. It's easy to like fall in line with something that. Or they have the, may even have that feeling that they're still sinning like that it's still wrong but yeah. this is the life that they've been given to deal with or they're crossed to bear I'm not sure um, I will it probably is... never know
thought uh, it was really, or so timely what she brings up about how we discuss sensitive topics and, you know, anger and hatred that we don't make a connection with people. We're just so angry at their opinion that uh, it's more important to be right than it is to appeal to their humanity. Uh, it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Too. I mean, I feel that even, you know, you see that in the comments 100% of, of any social media, just mm -hmm. people spewing vitriol at anyone who disagrees with them. So it's, it's a frightening thing to, to actually acknowledge, I guess, but yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I was definitely taken away near the end when she was talking about how anger is not constructive, how that's, you know, she has a right to be angry, but she's not going to spread that anger because it doesn't get them anywhere. Us right. anywhere. You know, it's not constructive. And as someone who's loves to revel in my anger and roll around in it and spread it, particularly, like you said, comment sections on the internet, <laughs> I find it very easy to get in there and just spew out anger and disappointment and whatever else. But yeah, it's not very constructive. It doesn't really get us anywhere. And I'm also reminded just earlier this morning that um, clip of the late show we were watching with Chelsea Clinton, right? Yes. Uh -huh. And she was, and he was asking about, you know, how does your family handle the Trump administration and she... What's going on in government. Yeah. yeah. And she just basically said, you know, we just sit around and talk about what what we need to do, what, what actions we need to take to get us where we want to end up. And how Stephen Colbert was so thrown by that. Like, what you, you guys would get angry? You don't, what did he say? You don't throw your crystalline glasses against the fireplace or yeah. something? And she was like, well, we just think it's, it, it doesn't help. It's not constructive. And as true as that is, his response still was, but it feels so good, which is so true. It does feel good to allow yourself that anger, but yeah, it doesn't get you anywhere in the long run. So I don't know. Yeah. That's, that's complicated. I have a complicated relationship with anger. <laughs> Well, I have a couple things to say about that. One, I was just thinking, you know, we talk about like the fear and anger and, and things that are happening on the right, but it's the same on the left. Like, girls are so afraid of, conserv of the conservative world, like controlling what we do or uh, laws and rules or it becoming like handmaid's tale, like those kind of fears also happen on the left. So it's, it is very interesting how fear makes you respond in anger and stress manifests itself that way but um your dad Stephen focuses on anger sometimes like he's he's kind of gotten to a point where he doesn't as much but sometimes he's like I want I just want to be angry when I'm angry like hmm. I have better workouts I um you know I'm fueled by anger and mm -hmm. it's just it's not a good way to live and he knows that but he at the same time he acknowledges that that does like feed him and I know he's even had moments where like I'm happy things are going well and I need to feel angry to like feel motivated otherwise mm -hmm. I just am you know fat and happy I guess Ooh, I, can relate to, I can relate to that <laughs> feeling let me tell you man yeah see I don't I mean I get angry for sure I think anger makes me more lethargic and blah than happiness but I guess some people like the anger to fuel them yeah totally anger gets me off my butt I mean what what you just said about him saying anger makes his workouts better that is so true when I am perfectly happy oh, all I want to do is sit on the couch watch tv and like eat sweets but if I'm angry I'm like I'm gonna show I'm gonna go to the gym and I'm gonna work this out and I'm gonna come back with a hot bod and I'm gonna like I don't know what I'm gonna do but it's gonna make me feel better so I guess I don't know. I don't know. Revengeful it's, it's, it's to all those people I, who yes, think less of you. Exactly. So that's like 
feeling that anger really fuels me, but yeah, I don't know. Healthy. I wonder what that is. Like, is that a personality trait? I've never been fueled by anger. Anger yeah, I think it just being depends. anger dispersed depression for me and just it's so yeah. interesting how we're so alike so much of the time, but we're so opposite with that. Yeah. I, I don't, I would never choose to foster anger in myself. That's, wow. Yeah. And I don't nice even think, to... I, I, I think, <laughs> well, you just let it go then, right? I mean, you just realize it's bad for you and get rid of it versus if you're using it as a fuel, how can you acknowledge that that's bad for you? How can you make that? It's so hard to have that realization that what you're doing is unhealthy. I, I think it must be part of my personality though. I it don't totally know. is. It's like, sometimes I've been so mad at dad, like, and I'm like, I am not going to talk to him for a day. Just like, I'm going to punish him. And literally two hours later, I've totally forgotten. And I like start chatting with him. Like it's, I can't do it. I can't hold on to being angry. Like it just doesn't work for me. I used to be like that. I can be, I can be like, I can remember something someone has done to me. Don't get me wrong. And I can respond Hmm. consistently about that, but I'm not, Hmm. I don't really hold on to the anger. I'm just like, okay, this person kind of crossed me before. So I'm going to have this barrier up as self-protection or whatever. Interesting. But yeah. Huh, I don't yeah. know. It is interesting. It must be a some sort of character genetic thing. I don't know. I doubt it's genetic. Studies must be done. We, <laughs> we, should, we should be studied. That's what really should happen. They should study us. Totes. We're so self-aware. It would be perfect. <laughs> well, I think that's the, that's the problem. We think we're so self-aware. And other people point stuff out to us and we're like, no, I'm not. Because we think we have ourselves figured out, and someone That's from totally the outside. I don't take it. I don't take. If anyone tries to tell me how I am, I'm like, I, I'm already going to this conversation thinking you're wrong because I already know how I am. You don't get to tell me how I am. I already know. I know because I'm always telling you how you are, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, you're wrong. I know what I'm talking about. Gosh. I wrote down about the Hannah Gatsby too. Um, where she says women, and she's talking in regards to art history, I think, but uh, women are either virgins or a whore. Yes. Um, and this is actually this the is modern version thing. of this. Yeah. I've heard you're, you, there's actually four roles that women play. I, I guess I've mostly heard this in, like, in the workspace maybe-ish or like a business environment, but I've definitely heard that there's like four categories you can fall into. Prude slash virgin is one of them. Um, whore or slut, whatever, is another one. Um, bitch is another one. And then I think the fourth one was like motherly. Like you can be like the nurturing. The, yeah, the caretaker mom type. And like those are the four roles that women are allowed to occupy in space. And that's it. You get those four options. And if you don't fit into one of those molds, like they're going to find a mold for you to fit you in, to fit you in, you know? They being... The male populace. Men. I was gonna say I was gonna try and be nice to say society, but no, I mean men. Yeah, absolutely. It's men. So I'd be in the bitch category. (laughs) I think I would too, maybe. I don't see that's where I don't know. I'm such a mom friend, but if a man approaches me and I don't I I'm pretty I I I become the bitch for sure. But I don't know. Sorry, we have to make this episode explicit. I know. I gotta start beeping words or something. No, um, let people hear it. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, that doesn't really relate necessarily in the same way to art because I think in art, you're 
how, how are you going to depict the bitch, right? Like, obviously, it's clear, but especially if you're looking at art history, like she had her degree in art history, virgin or whore, that absolutely makes sense. And obviously, we haven't evolved much. We've given women two more roles that aren't very flattering. So yay for us as society. But Maybe that's why people still get so upset with breastfeeding mothers, because it doesn't it's like it's you have a baby it takes you out of the virgin category but then you're you know what i mean like it's it's a weird like but you're mothered and idolized like the virgin would be and then yet you're breastfeeding in public so you're showing part yeah. of your breast so that puts you into the whore and it confuses yeah you don't people. fit into men let's just say men no i've seen women, women getting doing... upset about other women nursing though i have really seen okay it. maybe in this example but women don't feel the need to like Okay, I won't have this going right. Yeah. Anyways, but yes, it's men are wrong always. <laughs> Keep that in. I'm not keeping that in. <laughs> You're trying to find a husband. <laughs> he's got to be really special if he's going to show me. Like if he's going to prove to me that not all men are terrible. Okay, I'm sorry. Not all men are terrible. But here's what I will say: there is a point when she says these men are the rule, not the exception. Talking about these really terrible men in her life and throughout history. Right. And she's not wrong. That is the rule. Throughout the history of the world, it is more difficult to find a man that doesn't that is not misogynistic or creepily maybe in talking about sexualizing younger women and being sort of pedophile and oh, it's harder to find that man than it is to to find one that does do those things. Those men are the rule. That's true. If that wasn't true, then what is it? One in three women are going to be sexually harassed in their lives? I mean... Harassed or assaulted? Harassed. Or assaulted or any of the above. Some form of sexual crime. I'm pretty sure one in three is correct, but I could be wrong. I don't have the statistics in front of me. So, Mm. But it's it's a lot. It's a pretty high number. Uh... And, I mean, I think that that just, like she said, too, you know, if I am the only woman in a room full of men, I am afraid. And if you don't think that that's true for every woman, then you aren't talking to the women in your lives. Right. I think the only time that that wouldn't be true for me is that the men in my room was my dad, my grandfather, (laughs) and... Maybe, like, one of your uncles or something? I'd have to pick and choose which uncle I'm referring to because some of them do scare me. Um, I was going to say my best friend. (laughs) One of my best friends is a man. I wouldn't be afraid if he was in the room. Yeah. And uh, I'm drawing a blank here. That's that's all I got. I can't think if I've ever been in that situation. Even in the working world? I mean, I've been one-on-one with men in the working world in in an office environment where it's several people there's usually other women there yeah i mean i'm not a man hater but it's it's you approach a situation involving men differently than you approach a situation involving women as a as a woman you have to because what's the biggest threat to a woman's safety men yeah what's what's the leading cause of death for women (sighs) their partners what's the leading cause of death for men heart attacks (laughs) it's not the same thing yeah I don't know. It's I do. crazy. I, do. I know a lot about this. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. But it is, it's also, she kind of even brushes on that topic when she talks about 
comedy, like men can be angry comedians and that's fine. But women, when they're angry, it's, it's a whole different, it's put into a different category. Like that's not really allowed. I feel like a lot of that stems from the societal idea, which I've kind of heard talked about before and I'm probably not going to do it justice uh, myself because I was not prepared for the, saying this, but uh, that idea that people, ex- you know, let's say the standard for society, right? Like if we're looking at who who's at the top of the hierarchy, it's cis straight white men, right? Mm-hmm. In our society, at least. And they expect everyone underneath them to just be grateful for what they have. So if a woman is or a minority is complaining and angry about something, then their attitude is, even though that's not even spoken or verbalized, they might not even realize that this is where a lot of that anger comes from. It's coming from a place of, you should just be grateful. Look at how much you have now versus how much you've had before. Why are you angry? I think a lot of the time it comes from that. And this is uh, documented, scientific, your source? I mean, I know that I've read about this phenomenon. I can find it. Sure. We can post it on the Facebook page if you're worried people are going to start attacking us. Oh, no, I'm not worried about that. I just was curious. Like, I mean, I've I've heard this this similar stuff in different contexts. But, yeah, I was just curious. You're coming down my throat, though. Shit. (laughs) It was a question. I'm not texting you. You shouldn't be getting upset. Now we know. She doesn't trust me. No, you you uh, infer stuff in my words, as usual. Yep. That's how we do. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And I don't know what anything else stand on to you. Did you already have all your? Did you write stuff down afterwards? Um, I wrote. I I have very minimal notes, but um, I I liked that at the end she was talking about um a tether, right? Like you having a connection with other people having mm-hmm. a tether keeps you grounded or you know whatever how that's really important I like that yeah diversity is strength yeah it definitely turns from like being comedic to like a TED talk it's kind of the turn it takes in a way yeah I mean I don't know if I'd say TED talk because you know, technology know. doesn't really True. fit that but, but it almost was like a motivational seminar I don't yeah. know I mean I guess all the TED Talks I see are motivational so well clearly you are being I mean, the good ones I guess <laughs> I'm in a group of people that like to motivate others I mean definitely and I've seen this quote talked about a lot but nothing nothing is stronger than a broken woman who has rebuilt herself yeah damn powerful stuff it, and it's true I mean I guess that's why everybody wants to empower women yeah well, not everybody wants to empower women. <laughs> we would like to empower women, but people Why in power right now don't women. really want us empowered. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what was she saying, right? She was saying, test your strength on me, but you won't. No one would dare to because they know nothing right. is stronger than... I mean, yeah. Yeah. Shit, man. I don't know. <laughs> I know, Nanette she said it, say it all. She said it great. Her name's not Nanette, so I don't yeah, think you can know. keep yeah, saying that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Hannah says it all. Yeah, mm. it is a little. It is a little confusing to say to call it. Nanette. I wish they I wouldn't mean, have edited out the part where where she met Nanette. But yes, I don't think they they edited it out. They well, did. They I read an article and she said, "Yeah, they cut that out." And the internet never lies, people. It was an interview. 
So she actually said those words in the interview. Gosh, you're such a pain But today. how could they have edited out when she said a small town cafe? She I talked about that. I will find said article. Fine. You have your homework. You find that article. I'll find my article. We'll post them both oh. on the Facebook page. <laughs> Weren't you just talking about me being in your grill? I just asked a question. Did you your- just... Oh, whoa. Pause. <laughs> Did you just say in your grill? <laughs> What year is it right now? <laughs> I was like, last week's episode, what was I saying? Don't let anybody bag on you. I was like, that was totally the 80s. <laughs> oh, and I didn't man. want to correct myself when we are, we are lost in time. Jeez, it's like we get in this room and just all of a sudden, what's happening in the world around us? We don't know. Our phones are on silent. Anything could be going on. <laughs> phones. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyways. Yeah. We're getting a little were, off topic. You were talking about me being whatever. You said something when I asked you that question. I don't and I'm remember. saying you were all up on me. Whatever. Oh, you mean just like earlier? Just like two minutes yes. ago? Yes. Oh, I think you, I just said you don't trust me. That's different. Yeah, but you... Don't make me pause it and replay it. Pulling out the receipts. <laughs> Jeez. It's all right. We'll listen to it later. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. It's so much better when we can do this in person. Man, this yeah, is so Yeah, but now much we're fun. just having laughing fits. That's, That's there's not nothing wrong with that. But look right here. Look at this. What you wrote down. Tension isolates us. Laughter connects us. See? <laughs> it's okay that we're laughing. Yeah, and you release. She did say you release more tension when you laugh with others instead of just laughing by exactly. yourself. Exactly. Well, she did say that was a mental problem. But I laugh when I'm by myself all the time. Well, so. you might be crazy. We'll get that checked out. It's all right. <laughs> One more thing, though, that I definitely did want to discuss because this um, resonated with me on a profound level for sure. Um, Being sensitive and how that people are like, you know, stop being so sensitive. I am super sensitive all the time. um, And I liked the moral of her little story with like, why should we, why is insensitivity something to strive for? That was great. I know. And we all are like, oh, I'm being so sensitive. Like, like it's a it's bad a, thing. It's, it's taken on such a negative thing in society. Yeah, and it absolutely is a strength. I mean, I was when she was talking about how sensitivity is her strength and how it's helped her navigate this difficult path. Uh, obviously, I can't relate as much to the difficult path, and I'm not even going to try to. But I do think that my sensitivity does help me be such a good leader of people because I can put myself in their shoes. I'm making sure that I'm being hyper aware of their feelings and emotions and. I'm very empathetic, and I think that that sensitivity is part of the reason why I've been able to lead so many people so effectively. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, it's It is a strength, and I, I, don't cons- I, I never consider it a strength, but it is. I think I categorize it two separate things. Like, sensitive in public with others, like, in an, emotion- in an emotional way... And then sensitive where I understand and empathize with people. I feel like I cat- mm-hmm. somehow I've categorized that. Like you're supposed um, to be both. able to be sensitive about other people's feelings, but not sensitive about your own. Or keep it to yourself, like yeah. in a private setting. It's okay if you're mad. Which home. is just ridiculous. Yeah, it is. It is really interesting. But also, that- if you were being sensitive, I wouldn't need to be protecting my own feelings as much. 
You're right. When you're telling me to be more sensitive, it's because you're just being rude. And for some reason, we think that's cool. What did she say? That's when people tell me that I'm being too sensitive, I think of it like a fart telling a nose that they're the problem. No, it's like a nose being lectured by a fart. Right. Yeah. Not not the problem. The, The nose is not the problem, obviously. It's the rude person. Yeah. Totally true. And people think it's, like, just cool and funny. Like, I'm so cool and indifferent, and I don't care about anybody's feelings, and I'm just going to walk around and be rude and mean, whatever. And it's like, you know, you're such a cool guy. You don't care. Yes, I'm saying guy. I'm thinking of someone in particular. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) No, I think, but like, in, in general, I mean, even in the corporate world, like, if you're a woman trying to succeed, you definitely don't need to show a sensitive side because that's deemed weakness. Mm -hmm. But then if you're too harsh, you're crowned a bitch. So it's, it's it's hard. Well, you have to be soft, but not sensitive. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's like rules. (sighs) Yeah. Spoken and all the rules are designed to make women fail. So yeah. I mean, there were so many great little tidbits. She's when she talks about the color blue, loved it. Um, mm-hmm. And also when she says at the kind of the beginning, like, where do the quiet gays go? Because she's talking about pride. And- oh, my gosh. That reminded me of Charlie, like, more than anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, Charlie loves going to pride, so I shouldn't really say that. But uh, just that idea of what did, what did, what did Hannah say? Like, my favorite sound. My favorite sound is, is a, so- a tea cut fine and it's placed in a saucer. <laughs> yeah. Which I and um, I could distinctly I knew exactly what sound she was talking about. Like mm-hmm. that's such a great metaphor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so funny. Like, uh, perfect talking sound. about how the pride flag is just so bright and loud and <laughs> Yeah, that was that was really But I really think funny. that that's a, a thing that people use against the LGBTQ community as well is like um that idea that you love glitter and you're sparkly and you're loud like that mm-hmm. like someone who is on the more conservative side it's almost like they're saying well I would be willing to accept if you fit more into my visual perception of what normalty is mm-hmm. but when you're outside of that it it bothers me mm-hmm. it, which is ridiculous but it is that's, that's a right. whole other conversation totally mm-hmm. But it's just a lot. It's very interesting. It was really uh, good. I would yeah. definitely recommend it. It's hard to get through. You're going to need to watch a comedy show afterwards to cleanse your palate a little bit, probably, because <laughs> it's very emotional. Or record a podcast, which is what we've decided to do. Yeah. <laughs> I said, let's just go straight upstairs and start recording. I don't want to lose any of these thoughts. Yeah. I was like, we could probably take a break, but nope. Nope. We came right up here and recorded. Yep. Fresh in um, our minds. So, yeah. Thanks for listening, and go watch Nanette. On Netflix by Hannah Gadsby. Yeah, I wonder there is there any other way to watch that or just Netflix? Probably, I'm sure there's an illegal download out there somewhere. Mm, We won't. I wouldn't know for sure because I never do that. I'm glad to hear you're not breaking the law at all ever. Never (laughs) ever. Um, and of course, a big shout out again to Charlie. Thanks for the recommendation, and definitely Super gave us a great. lot to think about. And if talk anybody about. else has any recommendations, we would love to spend our time watching more Netflix shows and talking <laughs> about them. So please let us know. Yeah, this show could become an evolution of uh, watching TV and and just talking about that. There's so as long as they're there. okay with it getting real feminist, because that's all I do. <laughs> oh no! Stop it! You're being 
an angry, loud woman. Just kidding. How dare I? Uh, yeah. I've always been loud, so. You really have, but not angry. Not angry. No. I'm a happy, loud girl. It's, no, whatever. I, I can be angry enough for both of us. <laughs> you are most of the time. Yeah, I know. Feels good. I can be happy enough for both of us. Somebody has to be. <laughs> hey kate guess what (laughs) what i found out there are a whole bunch of words that you can use instead of the word interesting i think you're talking about synonyms mom (laughs) yeah i think (laughs) you're probably right kate once again you are in the know I mean, there are words like riveting and intriguing. Wow. Thought-provoking, compelling. Wow. That is so captivating. You see what I did there? <laughs> yeah, I got it. Another <laughs> word. Or even spellbinding for Harry Potter throwing. Mm, love it. <laughs> well, um, in our little re-listen of the podcast, we realized that particularly in this episode, and probably me more than you, but... We throw around the word interesting a lot when we're... Yeah, we'll probably have to be a little better about that. Yeah, we're going to have to post some of these words. I mean, it's really uh, compelling to think about the things that we could do. (laughs) I I see you. I see you. (laughs) Anyways, we're so glad that you're listening to Grown Up and Grounded and hope you can hang in there with us, even though we are not using as many synonyms as we should yes next time we'll have a thesaurus in front of us (laughs) no we won't (laughs) no we won't but it's a good idea it's such a good idea (laughs) as always we want to give a big shout out to dave depper who provides the music we use in our episodes the song you're listening to is titled can can 2 and we got it from the free music archive You can check out Dave at DaveDepper.com. That's interesting. It's a lot to think about. (laughs) It is very interesting. Fuck, I didn't even think about that. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Editing this episode, I just was like, I can't believe I just said interesting again. And I was just like, please don't say it. Oh, interesting. It was terrible. But so many things were so interesting. They're all interesting and engaging and fascinating. And captivating and spellbinding. <laughs> Gripping and riveting and affecting all of those things. Hi, this is Trish. Hey, everybody. It's Kate. And we are together today. Yeah. Um, we're together to watch a... Well, oh, fuck. I fucked this up. <laughs> the first one was better, Mom. The first one was better. <laughs> I liked the first one better. <laughs> There are synonyms. Synonyms. See, that's why I didn't want to say that word. Synonyms. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about it in a future episode. There Um, you go. Keep listening, guys. There's the plug. (laughs)